promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. I'm a wonderful person. Shusha forth thy praise, O God. Make speed to save us, O Lord. Make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 90 Lord, you have been our refuge in every generation. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from eternity to eternity, you are God. You return mankind to the dust, saying, Return, descendants of Adam. For in your sight a thousand years are like yesterday that passes by, like a few hours of the night. You end their lives, they sleep. They are like grass that grows in the morning. In the morning it sprouts and grows, by evening it withers and dries up. For we are consumed by your anger, we are terrified by your wrath. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days ebb away under your wrath. We end our years like a sigh. Our lives last seventy years, or if we are strong, eighty years. Even the best of them are struggle and sorrow. Indeed, they pass quickly and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger? Your wrath matches the fear that is due you. Teach us to number our days carefully, so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Lord, how long? Turn and have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your faithful love, so that we may shout with joy and be glad all our days. Make us rejoice for as many days as you have humbled us, for as many years as we have seen adversity. Let your work be seen by your servants and your splendor by their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be on us. Establish for us the work of our hands. Establish the work of our hands. Amen. Our reading for today comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning at the third verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief and various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which, though perishable, is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him, and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we're going through First Peter slowly, uh, taking it a few verses at a time, uh, wanting to allow the word to to speak to us in, in some way, shape, or form. And here, 
we, we had the preamble, sort of, the greeting at the, uh, the, the address at the beginning. And, and now he gets into the meat of it. He brings praise first to God, right? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is always a good thing. We should always be praising God. And unfortunately, uh, praise the Lord almost, or alleluia, or amen. <laughs> All these phrases that we often use in the scriptures and we use in church uh, have almost become... I don't want to say swear words, but they're, they're these words that we use that we don't really use them for what they're supposed to be used for. They just become filler words. I, I, I hear that from a lot of Christians here in America, especially. They'll say, praise the Lord, and, and, or PTL is how it will, be, uh, it will be abbreviated in text messages and stuff, right? Uh, that we don't really, I don't know. I, I think it takes the weight away from it giving praise to God, uh, uh, blessing God's name with our voices, with our hearts. Uh, and here is, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he gives us a why. He gives us a reason why. He says, because, this is why you should be blessing the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because of his great mercy he has given us. What is this great mercy he's given us? Mercy being this, this, uh, uh, not giving us what we do deserve. What is this great mercy? Well, he has given us new birth. So new life made us a new creation into a living hope, a hope that's alive and well. It's not a dead hope. It's not a once I hoped for, but now learned that it doesn't exist anymore. It's a living hope. It's a hope that gives us this life that, that keeps us going. What is this, this hope? Well, it's based on or through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Why is that a hope? Why is that a hope? The resurrection. We talked about this a few times, especially I think during Easter, trying to focus on the the resurrection of the dead. Why does why does this resurrection matter? Well, because the majority of our sin is based on the fact that we feel as though we have to prevent our own death. For starters, we spend a majority of our lives afraid of death, and so we will do whatever we can to try and keep ourselves from dying. Well, what do we receive in Christ in his resurrection? Well, we receive this hope of realizing that even though our bodies may fail us, death doesn't have the final answer, that we will live again in him. We will be raised bodily from the grave. We will be those, those dry bones in Ezekiel 37 with new life breathed into them. But also, besides this new birth, besides this living hope that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, verse 4, it says we are also brought into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, meaning we didn't have this inheritance before, and now we do, and it's something that cannot be erased. It's written in blood in the will of God that we are to receive life everlasting in him, that it cannot be taken away from us because it is, it is printed in the blood of Christ, and it's kept in heaven. It is, it is secured in heaven. It's, it's put into a safe that no one can crack. And he says, you are being guarded by God's power through faith, trusting that God is guarding you by his power for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. 
So this faith is attached to the salvation that, that, that every day is a salvific experience for us, that we wake up in the morning and this, this continued adding to our faith, adding to our hope, adding to our praise. And here we have uh, Peter telling us that, that we're being guarded by the power of God. God is using his power to guard us, to keep us safe through our faith, through our trust in him for the salvation that is going to come. And then we're told that we rejoice in this, that we should rejoice in this, that, that uh, in, uh, uh, the, the more direct response would be because of all of this, in this fact, in this reality of what God is doing to protect you, to guard you, to give you an inheritance, to give you a, ho- a living hope, to, to give you new birth in all these things, because of all of this, we should rejoice. We should rejoice of what God has done. And then he tags on, even though, even though now for a short time, verse six, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials. What, what is he talking about here? Well, he's talking about this persecution, right? Of, of the dispersed Christians, the dispersed Jews, those who would be persecuted, saying that you're going to have struggles, you're going to have suffering in this life. And even though you're going to have the suffering, even though you're going to have these, these hard times, we still rejoice because the suffering creates this character that has been cast through the fire and he uses the example of gold how it is it is proved by by the fire this metallurgical term and here we're told uh, that that uh, the trials the sufferings is something to increase to grow our faith that is part of part of the work of suffering in this world suffering for Christ's sake the hardships that we have the illnesses the loss the death, all these things, to trust in this living hope and this faith that will never fail us, this inheritance that we have that no one can steal because no one can go up to heaven and take it away from us. It is secured by God for our sakes because then he says that you know it's more valuable than gold, so it can't be bought, which this gold, though perishable, is refined by fire. I was talking about this, the metallurgical term. That, that this, this proven character that comes from suffering, that, that develops your faith, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation or the revealing or the apocalypse of Jesus Christ. That when Christ comes, we praise and we give glory and we honor Christ because all throughout our life we are waiting in this living hope for him to come again. And then I love verse 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, you haven't seen him, have you? Apart from a little bread, a little wine, where he gives of his body and blood to you. Apart from what you see of him in the living word, the scriptures preach to you. You have not physically seen Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Do you love him, church? Do you love this Jesus more than anything? Do you... you, adore him. We sing it at Christmas, right? I've talked about this before. We sing it at Christmas. Uh, Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, right? Do you adore Christ? Do you love him? Even though you've not seen him, 
though not seeing him now, you believe in him, you trust in him, you, you have placed, you have attached yourself to Christ. John uses the word you've abided in him, meaning you've made a home there. And you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy. Why? Why do you do that? Because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So many times we've heard joy, right? Rejoice. Uh, uh, you, you have this joy, this, this uh, inexpressible and glorious joy, even in the midst of suffering. That you give blessing to God because of his great mercy. It's necessary for us to hear this over and over and over again, church, because the world is going to do everything it can to remove our joy from us, to tell us lies, to cause us to not to trust, to cause us to waver in our faith, to place sufferings before our eyes rather than the joys of Christ. I pray that that gets placed before you instead, this joy of Christ, even in the midst of your suffering to know that he is with you, that he is guarding you, and that you will be his forever, because he's written it in his blood and his will. Let's pray. O Lord, who never fails to help and govern those whom you do bring up in your steadfast fear and love, make us to have a perpetual fear and love of your holy name, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Well, church, we will see you again next week. If you can, take time to subscribe to this uh, podcast. Uh, share it with your friends. Share it with your pastors. Share it with your churches. Uh, share it with unbelievers. Uh, do whatever you can, uh, because we, we try to bring this to you each week to give you these portions of grace for you. Uh, Tread Weary stands as a place to offer up grace and mercy in a world that lacks both of those things, knowing that the only way that those things come about is through Christ, and we pray that that continues to be so. Go in peace, serve the Lord. We'll see you next week.